I love all the keyboard clicking, and I have I have Jamie on the on the main screen here. I just I feel like what I see happening is what I imagine happens when Jamie is working. I'm seeing it like it's it's perfect. Well, usually he's sitting uh, on the ground next to boxes. <laughs> that's up as that's the Jamie form. Yeah, um, this is. This is relaxed, Jamie, where he actually uses a chair. Uh, yeah, that's a uh, very, <clears throat> very rare, Jamie. Hello, friends and comrades. This is the Highlands Bunker Podcast. I'm situated in a heavily fortified stronghold, tracking and surveilling the Delaware Way elites. Carl is at a secured location to ensure continuity of leadership and also to ensure listenable volume levels. Uh, before I introduce our guest this evening, I wanted to make a brief word about uh, Bolivia and the political situation in Bolivia. Uh, last year, with the support and cover of the United States, the Organization of American States, and Senator Chris Coons particularly, the right-wing reactionary forces executed a Christio-fascist coup and the elected leader, Evo Morales, was exiled to Mexico. On Sunday, Evo's party, the Movement for Socialism, or MAS, won a resounding victory in twice-delayed elections. Uh, the MAS candidate, Luis Arce, received nearly 53% of the vote and won by 20%. Uh, Evo himself only won by 10% last year. And I wanted to briefly read uh, part of the statement that Evo made uh, from Buenos Aires, Argentina, uh, on election night. <clears throat> this is the only political movement, the movement towards socialism, the political instrument for sovereignty for the people that has a vision for the country, that has a program. That's why we won easily. And I think there's a lesson to be learned uh, from this about organizing here, how long it takes and what it takes, and we're going to discuss it this evening. So I want to introduce uh, our guests. Uh, they're all Delaware based activists and organizers, uh, and they're all looking to stand up uh, a DSA chapter, a Democratic Socialist of America chapter uh, here in Delaware. Uh, so first, uh, there's uh, Taisha Greer. Hello, Taisha. Hi. Uh, there is uh, Will Widener. Hello, Will. Hi, guys. Jamie Rubin. James, hello. Hi. And the one, Dan Carapace. How are you, Dan? <laughs> hello. I'm Okay. Uh, cool. Uh, I know, Dan, you were on a brief episode. Uh, I, well, you were on briefly when we did the kickoff for Jess, uh, but that was uh, at, a, at a remote location. Jamie has actually been in the studio but did not speak. Um, we uh, <laughs> they silenced let, me. let him speak. I know we silenced him. Actually, he was he was shadow banned. We was shadow banned uh, for the. But uh, we had it was a double episode. Actually, it was a good one. It was Larry Lambert in the studio, and then we talked on the phone. Uh, to Alex Rojas of Justice Democrats, which was pretty cool. Uh, and then that's actually, if you could see the two other guests, you understand why uh, Jamie didn't get to talk. Um, so I just w welcome all you guys. Uh, you know, you got you, some, some people rate, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> but not, not as well as me, though. I mean, uh, Jamie, I can understand wanting to shout ban him, but uh, I'm probably the highest ticket item. Nice. So, um, you know, I want to talk a little more about uh, sort of broad organizing and sort of what Moss has done to be able to 
I mean, to be able to fight off, you know, a Western coup, you know, uh, is pretty amazing. Um, just based on organizing working people and indigenous people, really. Uh, but then delivering, um, you know, uh, material gains for those people over a period of time. And I think that that's important when we try to organize with anybody. But I don't know who wants to take it first. Like, we, we do not have a DSA chapter, famously uh, in Delaware. I know a lot of people have done work with the uh, Philadelphia chapter. Uh, but you guys are looking to stand it up here. Um, who, who sort of took the initiative and, and what was the thought behind it? So, from what I understand, there has been many, many attempts at a DSA chapter in Delaware. Um, started by a whole lots of different people. And it flops for a whole list of reasons every single time. Um, this time, uh, I think actually what happened was there was about three or four people simultaneously trying to start a chapter. Uh, I was one of them. <laughs> and uh, what ended up happening was DSA gave all of the instructions to somebody named Andrew Powers, uh, who ended up founding this. Uh, I got was able to get in contact with him. There's somebody else that has done DSA work before, Yanni. Uh, and between Yanni and myself, you're we able to find a ton of people to get involved. Uh, and now we are on our way to forming what they call an organizing committee. And then from there, you can form an actual chapter. But like, it was kind of just like a weird serendipitous, like a bunch of people having the same idea at the same time. Uh, yeah, a, f a few people reached out to me about uh, about Yanni. Um, I, I haven't met him yet, uh, but I know, I guess a few people mentioned that we should talk and then he asked about me. So I, I knew that he had done work with DSA because that's how he was like, hey, there's this guy sort of talking up DSA, which I thought was cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it kind of came together. Um, like w what what sort of. Um, what sort of ideas do you guys have as, as far as organizing? And like, was there a, was there particular things that you thought the area could get out of this, particularly um, you know, on top of you know maybe some of the other groups that do sort of issue canvassing or uh, mutual aid or or what have you? Um, I can go again if nobody cares. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. So Delaware, Delaware is an interesting place because we have a lot of, um, I don't know, top-down organizations that have really particular skilled information and knowledge uh, that they they uh, is extremely helpful to run these campaigns uh, electoral, for electoral seasons or, or, or for the electoral uh, part of it. Um, but when you're talking about like broad capacity of just like raw strength of numbers, hitting the doors, call, doing the calls, uh, there isn't a lot of that, you know, that, that really, when we really think about like what a grassroots organization really is, that's kind of like the thought that comes to mind is just the raw amount of, I guess you would call brute strength available to, you know, knock as many doors and call as many people as possible you know that's something that dollar is missing quite a bit um and like you know when it comes to me my vision for this chapter that's what you know i'm hopefully going to push in a direction of obviously it's not up to me but i think that 
Yeah. No, that's really I I I, I that's interesting because I I think of somebody like like the king of the canvas, the king of the turf cut, uh, James Rubin, and I think that's sort of you know like a like a Jamie Army sort of thing about being able to go out meet these people like everywhere and and organize everywhere. Um, so I, I I can only think that Jamie had some um, some some input about this. What's your what's your what's your thoughts, my man? Um, this time, not so much. This is mostly uh, Will's idea, and I've just helped where I can. I think it's important because, like, the DSA is a brand, you know, and like just like anything else, it's a brand that can bring in new people. <laughs> And I, I think it's a good way to use it because other states have that and it exists between elections. And I think that's good to have. But most of this was uh, Will figuring out that like, oh yeah, we should do this. Because I was busy losing a Senate campaign. <laughs> so, all, all four of us on this call were buddy, busy. <laughs> hold on one second. I know nobody else can see this, but. Hold on one second. I still wear this out, you know. Well, it's only been um, a month and a, it's been five weeks. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear all my just stuff. The, 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 I, the way, yeah. I keep my hat said, around in case I have a bad hair day. <laughs> the way well, you said I still wear it, it sounds like it's been fifteen years. I mean <laughs> I mean this year it kind of feels like that already. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean I Very guess true. we'll We'll talk about it now, and then we'll get into something else. But I know, um, I guess all of you guys uh, worked on Jess's campaign in some in some fashion. I know you worked very hard on Jess's campaign, and I, I'll let somebody kind of sum it up. But I can tell you what my feeling of it is: is that it was a success, just like Carrie's campaign was a success, just like Eugene's campaign was a success. Um, wait, 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 wait! She, she won. <laughs> Do you know what? the difference between? Okay, so let me try to let me try to explain to you the difference. Always oh. win. Yeah, there's a so success is a one is one word, and then win is another word. Um, I mean, uh, I mean, it, would you? I I. So think, you're saying she still has to win against Whiskey on November third, right? You know, we might well, be touching on. That's encouraging. On a, that's you encouraging. Know, oh, so, I, I felt. So. Uh, I'm, I feel embarrassed about the last few weeks. Will, <laughs> Will mentioned earlier about how these DSA things often often come apart, and I wonder why that could be, actually. <laughs> Bunch of fucking loose cannons. Um, no, no uh, joking aside, I guess, I look at this, and, I, and this is kind of why we're talking about organizing or why um, Evo's group is called the Moss, right? It's a movement, right? I, I have a Bernie placard on, on my on my front window and people ask me why it's still there. And I said, well, it's, it's still happening. It's still going on. And so, uh, if you want to, if you want to make it very tangible or very obvious, um, you guys are starting a DSA chapter, uh, that, you know, if you apply all of the, you know, determination and know how that you apply to canvassing and getting volunteers and getting, doing fundraising and all of that stuff, that's a success. And so I know it's a it, it's a it's a real kick in the ass to get beat. Uh, I know, believe me, I know uh, because we we normally do get beat. Uh, but I think you can look at the organizing and the things that are happening uh, in this state 
and that have happened over the last you know four or five six years and call it a real success i really do think that yeah i'm glad you said that because um i think at times we get feedback that indicates like counter to that you know people are like well, why'd you do it and the reason is we learned quite a lot and we got a lot of new people involved and ideally you plug them into something else and you keep doing stuff and then you take Tom Parker's seat or whatever. And I, I think that's important to keep working for it. Cause like, you know, it doesn't end. Like you said, like the burning sign is still there for a reason. There's still shit to do. Yeah. So I mean, keep doing it to, to just like pay back off of that. Like, you know, me and Dan got involved because Dan, you know, really wanted Bernie to win. And uh, he decided to organize canvases here in Delaware. I wanted Bernie to win. I didn't know anybody uh, in progressive politics within Delaware. So I just signed up for a shift, uh, met up with Dan. And, you know, this goes really to like Jamie's credit. Jamie showed up too. And he basically told us that, you know, everything we're doing is wrong but also showed us how to do it you know right and right um and gave us all the skills and the knowledge and all the connections we needed to succeed and now you know we're all working together still also uh you know through you know meeting jamie through the bernie canvassing uh, we joined the just campaign and of course uh we met ty through the just campaign who is an incredibly wonderful uh organizer that uh yeah i i think you're right i think that the only way to look at these things is success because every time every time you do one of these things if you build capacity then that's a success that's another milestone to the ultimate victories you want yeah all three of them would not be doing this basically if not and i'm gonna yeah and i'm gonna piggyback off of what you both say i think that the part that we kind of glossed over and i want to go back to is it doesn't stop like the movement doesn't stop whether somebody wins or loses. And I think that it's important that we start to organize and build up so that we're not starting from scratch, that people understand that it's more to it than just voting. Whether the person wins or loses, that doesn't stop your obligation. You still need to get out there. You still need to push issue campaigns. You still need to canvas. You still need to donate. You know, there's things that still have to be done and we need to make that a movement. People will do it for every other state when stuff goes on. We need to make that a staple in Delaware. Can't say better. No, I absolutely agree. And I think that's why I call it a success because of the things that build up, you know, in between election cycles. You know, I said I've said it over and over again that elections are just a small piece of a of a of a broader movement that's about organizing, working people, getting people just sort of like, oh, there it can be better, you know, sparking people's imagination that, oh, actually we can have nice things. This is how we can do it. Uh and and being some sort of um some sort of organized opposition um, rather than just f sort of flailing in the wind. And yeah, I mean, if you run election campaigns, but nothing comes of it, you know, no organizing, no victory, no training, no, you know, no other or organization or activism, then yeah, maybe you could say, well, that didn't go anywhere. That was a failure, but that's clearly, you know, not what's happening here. Um, I, I know Dan, 
I was I was in a, in a rainy basketball court, and Dan organized like fifteen people just to just to have an organization in the rain. I think was it when, when we killed Soleimani, when we assassinated Soleimani, we were like we we're going to go with war with Iran. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I love it. I love the, I love the heart. I love I love channeling it. I think it's great. Yeah, I think another thing <clears throat> that we uh, kind of perfected on that campaign was just like how to do that, like how to get people to do stuff. Cause there's a lot of people out there that are looking for these opportunities and it's just a matter of finding them. There's also a lot of people that you pretty much have to like brute force into doing stuff um, and just really stay on top of them because like it's not their inclination. And they kind of just think that like other people do this stuff and I could just sit back and like watch the process happen. And it's really not like if anything, you're actively like negatively contributing if you're not like positively contributing because we need literally everybody that already kind of has left tendencies to play a part or otherwise like how much of a mass movement is it really and that was something that like in the process of like uh training our volunteers on like the technical aspects of what they're doing and how to talk to people also kind of instilling that like broader uh like understanding of their importance in like really movement building in all of this yeah it just just conveying like a sense of like necessity for like just relentlessness like what we're never going to beat is the is the right wing's money that's just not happening we're never going to get there but what we can beat them on if we choose if we all individually choose to is beat them with just raw people power but you know that's not <laughs> a given it's not a given like people like people need to step up, do the phone calls, do the canvassing, yeah. donate, you know, it's going to make you uncomfortable. It's not going to be always the most rewarding thing ever, but if we're serious about winning, uh, we have to go the extra mile yeah. individually. And, and that kind of leads into like what we want to bring um, to the DSA is that kind of like mentality that like, if we don't all work at this, as much as we all possibly can and like push ourselves, um, be comfortable with getting uncomfortable and talking to people constantly, then like, then don't expect to get anywhere, you know? But if we do that kind of stuff, like the whole point of the left is to use people power, it's build a popular movement. And if you're not using those people and bringing in more people, then like, what are you doing? Yeah. And so and if, that's if, what we, we really want to put them to. If you look at like Bolivia, like that is what happened, right? You had, the mass movement in the streets from day one, you know, and they are, they were much more uncomfortable than any of us canvassing, you know, because they're getting shot at by the. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, that's what they had. You know, they they had they have organized over, you know, decades, um, indigenous, you know, peasant farmers, um, rural uh, rural laborers, um, miners, you know, e even urban working class people. And they all come there. That's a conglomerate and Moss is a conglomerate of all of those. And so, you know, when they were getting when, when they got rat fucked, um, they came together and yeah, people got shot, people got killed and they still stayed together and they won a, a, a real landslide, you know, victory. And I think that's what's that's what kind of why I brought it up. It just kind of sort of fits so nicely into this. And I'm I'm so glad that that's where you guys were coming from about just another vehicle uh, of of people power that can be that can be you know pointed in the direction it needs to be strategically for you know for a people's movement i think it's fucking great yeah i think bolivia is a really great example and i think uh 
they probably think of me as the uh, archetypal Bolivia head. Um, I, I couldn't really speak to. <laughs> Nobody really did. speak. If you get the Bolivia head, you gotta yeah. do the bat. You gotta do the Evo bangs. So yeah. I know. I'm waiting for that. Uh, <laughs> that's a strong. That's a strong yeah. look. Yeah, he's it's real real macho. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that's some. He's the ultimate Chad. He's the South American yeah. Chad right now. Chad, yeah. in, indigenous socialist. But you know what he did. I mean, I can't really speak to like the actual mechanics of the organizing. Um, like you know, if there's more resources on kind of what they did, I'd love to check them out. But I know like, you know, one of the major things he did is he, he did unite all different groups within the working class and made them realize like your interests are all tied together, like a, a legitimate sense of class consciousness. And like, you know, that's something that, especially with the DSA where it is, you know, kind of typically um, there are like a lot of white people, a lot of men um, really realizing how, how much like, you know, building that class consciousness, like really how important that is um, and, and being able to bring like other people into the process um, and, you know, just really just get everybody to realize like we're all in this together. Uh, and I think that's always been like the, the major difficulty for any sort of left organizing in America is that like we've like our, the establishment in this country has done such a thorough job of um, sowing like innate divisions um, between like all different levels of the working class and, and like, you know, even middle class and upper middle class and like all this stuff that it, it's made it uh, a lot more challenging. But, you know, Bolivia provides examples that we can do this stuff. Yeah. So let's let's get to it now since you mentioned it, because it didn't escape my attention as we were setting this up today um, before we were able to get Taisha on. I was just going to introduce everybody as hello, fellow Bernie bros, you know, and uh, and. And, and I know, yeah. So, and I and I also know that one of the one of the things that d does cause uh, you know the fractious nature of of just DSA and the left is sort of those those identity issues. I I have certain I have certain ideas about them that I think are a little bit controversial. But I wonder, like Ty, what's your what's your take on it? How do you how do you feel about it? How do you feel like working with these with these white dudes? What's what's your what's your take? Um. So my biggest take is is that um. I don't think that they're ready, but that's okay. I'll get them ready. I think that they got to understand that you know they're looking at things in a certain lens and they need to broaden their horizon. Um. I think it's hard sometimes for people to see outside their box. You know, um, but I think that it's I, I think that it's going to work out great because I think that they need people like Will and Jamie and Dan. One of the things I admire about them is I don't know if Will and, or, or Dan remember I was on the phone is that how they can be places and be present and not be present, meaning they're there in support, but they're not taking the spotlight. And I think that a lot of times that's a mistake they missed a true issue. When you're present on the ground and you're amongst people just observing, listening, X, Y, and Z, that's how you really get to know what people need and what they want. And that is something that takes your ego out of it. Once you take your ego, once you take your titles, once you take everything else out, then you can get to the nitty gritty of the mission and how do we accomplish this mission? So you have to take the I out of it so that we can make something happen. So 
I'm up for the challenge. No, I love. I I think that's exactly it. I think about this stuff all the time. I mean, if you're if you're thinking about um, sort of yourself, and Jamie sort of alluded to this, and everybody did, about like, well, I have certain proclivities or certain ideas, but like, I don't want to really do anything about them, or other people do them, and then I just sort of deal with the results in some way. Um, yeah, you, taking your ego out of it, I think, prevents that. Because it doesn't really matter, you're just a, you're a you're sort of a tool to help everybody, you know. We'll fight for somebody you don't know, um, you know. It's it's about a mass movement, all of that stuff, and so yeah, I I, I got a lot of that stuff going down and doing um, doing large um, civil disobedience actions for different stuff, and meeting different people and hearing their stories about why they were doing like you know, putting our body on the line. And it was really moving for me. And yeah, I think that's so, that's so important that, you know, think of it like trying to use yourself the best way you can to forward the things that you believe, uh, because that's what's more important than your, than really like your comfort or just, or, or whatever. Um, yeah, that's, that's cool. What, what brought you to, um, I feel like I want to do a whole, like just send everybody else off and just do an episode with you. Well, so um, you're you're in Dover. What ha, have you been um, organizing and uh, and doing activism a while? What's what's your what's your background? How, how did you come to it? So this is gonna be really funny. I've actually been actively avoiding doing this for a very long. Time, okay, I've been medical for 23 years, and I'm I'm I was always a person who was passionate about my patients, and I'm ready to fight the doctor because I don't feel like their decision is right. You know what I mean? I advocate for schools for special needs. I mentor cheerleaders and cheer coaches. I do everything, outreach for communities. Wasn't until COVID came along and all of a sudden we didn't, couldn't get no answers. Everything was just, you know, people were thrown to the wolves. So everybody lost hope. So here I come, Boop. I'm gonna go find me some hope. That's how I ran across Jamie's and, and, and then that's how I met them. I called the campaign for, I'm like, hey, don't know much about organizing. Can I organize? <laughs> well, you you definitely came to the right the right folks. Yeah, we can definitely do that. No, that's cool. I mean, I it's it's funny. I have a little bit of a different background, but similar sort of story. It's like I don't like politics is boring. Like I have like you know I have certain ideas about you know what my politics are, but like electoral politics is the only thing that there is, and that's boring, and you know all of that stuff. And it 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 took me a while to sort of come to the fact that like you said before you have to go do it that's the only way it works like you know it's only by <clears throat> being brave and saying that we're gonna you know we're gonna make everybody's life better and we're gonna take it together um, it's pretty profound but it's tough to come to you know so it's it's always interesting to hear how people how people come to it because my, my my wife is a, uh in the, is a medical professional as well and uh so I always have a soft spot there too, which is pretty cool. So what are the other, like, I mean, have you guys um, sort of interrogated, I don't know if you want to call it infighting. Um, it, it, I, a lot of it has to do with, with good faith sort of ideas about strategy or theory, but like, at least strategy you can talk out like these debates about theory kind of want to make make me want to run my head through a, a glass window i i avoid those that i'm glad that you said that so i mean ha, it, 
if if it's if if the organization has had trouble sort of getting together over the last year or two, which is my understanding, um, you know, have there been has there been that kind of uh, that kind of nonsense, or has it just been more of an organizational sort of administ- administrative thing? I so well, I don't, I can't really talk about the other flops or whatever happened to the last couple of TSAs, but this one. What, so there's there's a couple of things to, for context. One is if you look, DSA has a hundred thousand person drive right now, recruitment drive. Uh, and if you look on there, I think we're like number six or eight among national recruiting numbers. We went from like ten people to like sixty in like two months. Um, Thank you, Will. Right. Well, I don't know about me, but uh, part of that is from the broader Jess network. Uh, a lot of these people. If you look at it, it's like, oh, yeah, I recognize these just volunteers or uh, organizers, whatever. Um, a lot of it is, you know, friends of just volunteers, stuff like that. A lot of these are people who are leftists in Delaware, who've been leftists in Delaware for a long time, and didn't know there was other people who agreed with them the entire time. Uh, and uh, they're you know, getting brought into the to the movement here. Uh, but, you know, any any group that has any significant membership is going to have, you know, clash of personalities, of course. People disagreeing about which direction to take the chapter or what. But, you know, I think what Ty said about, you know, killing the ego is like how you do these things like the way I look at politics, I look at politics like two different ways. One is that it's a team sport. Everybody's a role player. You just got to play a role. And you ever want to think about, and this is probably way more embarrassing is like, have you ever played like a RTS or whatever? I have no idea what you're talking about. That's like, it's like a video game where you, you, you like have to like manage your resources, right? That's all this, like, oh, that's all politics is. How much money you have? How much people do you have working to do stuff? You know, that's all it is. It's a research management uh, type thing. And so, uh, you know, like there's going to be infighting or whatever, but I think at the end of the day, it's like how many people can you plug in to like organizing activism opportunities? Because there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And that's honestly all that's important. Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, I I love it. I've actually been... Uh, a DSA member for s- several years, uh, and it's funny because I, I I voted in the the organizing committee's uh, thing, and then I remembered that my dues had lapsed. I hadn't paid any in like two years or a year and a half, and so I realized that I voted in your election without paying my dues. So J- Jamie did make me do voter crime. I did voter crime, uh, but I did I remedied that today. Um, so I, I'm 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 fully paid up to the national, so I can I'm I'm. I'm part of this again. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm happy to. I'm happy to. I like. I, I. I try to balance. I guess this idea that you know, on one hand, as Jamie said, the DSA is a brand, and I think it's 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 growing like mad. Uh, it had uh, it had a lot to do with you know with AOC's rise. Uh, and had a lot to, it's, it's making a lot of impact in state politics in several states. Um, but also, 
you know, especially in Delaware or in smaller places, there's this idea that, oh, it's like another thing. Like, it's this thing and everybody's in their own silo and everybody does their own. They have their own idea and the people who are associated with it sort of foster that one idea, but it's only about that one idea. Um, but lately, uh, and, and you guys certainly aren't saying anything like that, and a lot of the groups that I'm talking to aren't saying anything like that either, and it really it, it, it gives me a little bit of hope, maybe because Ty's on the call, I don't, I don't know. Uh, but it gives me a little hope because everybody's sort of, everybody's looking at it more like you said, well, like, I'm going to play my part. Like, you, you guys are campaign vets now. You guys have been in the trenches. You did it like for real, for real. Some of you have done it twice, for real. So, um, so you're able to leverage that experience, that motivation, that strategic sort of understanding, and get volunteers and run issue campaigns and, and knock on doors and, and cut turf and all of that. Um, but you're doing it sort of with the with the broader movement in mind, and I think that that's that's the way to go. That's, that's, you know, I think that's super. Absolutely. I think that any organization should always have it, always take a scope, take a look at what everybody else is doing in their state, in their region. And if there's another org doing it and they're doing it fine, there's no reason to repeat that stuff. Just go find the slot you need to fill and start coordinating. And, uh, you know, that's how you build power, in my opinion. So what's the next steps? I know you guys so now we've we've the votes have been cast for the exploratory committee what what, what it is. I forget what we call it. Uh once that gets tabulated and you have a committee uh what are the next steps? What do you do? Well actually uh me Dan and Jamie uh won our elections. I'm the Yay. secretary for political affairs. Jamie is chair of the DSA. Woohoo! Nice. And, heard, didn't Jamie? I heard I was. It was my understanding. Maybe Jamie ran unopposed. Is that what? Is that what happened? Yeah, that's how democracy works. Yeah. <laughs> he had a he had, win is win. He had an opponent up yeah. until two days before the election, who unfortunately had to drop out, and uh, Jamie won by default. <laughs> <laughs> One by well, default. Yeah, I mean, I, I I supported Will because I saw that the big Noah Becker endorsement, and I, I'm all about that. So, yeah. Well, yeah, that I don't think I could have won without the no Becker endorsement. I mean, that was I, crucial. I agree. That was the big. That was the turning. That was really the turning point. Yes. Yeah. Um, and Dan no one is. Dan's, <laughs> yeah. Nobody. Nobody understands how important that is. Uh, linchpin of my entire campaign. Um, but Dan is also our, the secretary of information now. So. Woo -hoo! Woo -hoo! Uh, that sounds very. That sounds vaguely propagandist. Well, yeah. it's more like kind of like a CIA type role, you know. He's gonna uh, hey, look. Hey, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to tap into the bunker complex, we have a whole, uh, you know, we have a whole thing going on over here. We have a whole, we call it a syndicate. Yeah. Ooh. We do fascistic coups in the RD twenty two uh, committees. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, Jamie, your chair. What's the yes. vision? Um. I think it's really important to keep this tangible and meaning, no, like I've never read a fucking book about the left in my life, nor do I care to, I don't give one fuck. And I think it's important to not make this a book club as I earnestly do not care about that. 
I want people to do things. And I think there's basically like two things to do. You can get people elected or you can do like community work and they kind of work together. Like, I think it's pretty clear you should do community work if you want to win elections. So I think DSA members should be pointed towards things to do in the community that are very real. And eventually, not even that long from now, like six months, we should put them into another wave of elections. And I think that's the number one thing that they should be doing. So that's what we will do. Can I throw in there? I think that we need to have our chairs, like they need to be tangible in their counties, meaning reaching out like the district advocates, going, you know, knowing who their people are, X, Y, and Z. Because I think it's important that people want titles, but they don't want responsibility. So if you are really for this movement, then you need to lead by example. You know, you no, you want to talk about the school boards, then you need to make sure people are at these school board meetings. You know, responsibility comes with the title. I think, uh, I think through all of it, it, you really need to have, I think this is like one of the big takeaways from the Jess campaign is that you need to have a basically a permanent state of like relational organizing and getting to know people, getting to know their interests, helping to move them on issues that they need to be moved, like giving them things to do, like directly asking them to do it. Um, just kind of forming and maintaining those relationships because those will be crucial. And really just, just getting people to like you. Like, even if they don't like all your ideas, if they just like you and they trust you and you could ask them to do something and they're just like, oh yeah, sure, I'll do it. And like- That only you know, works for you, Dan. They don't need to be super like ideological or anything. Cause I think most people just tend to favor this stuff cause it's common sense shit. Like the left is really just common sense stuff. Um, organizing around like a leftist vision is is really just organizing around like how you treat other human beings um, like with dignity. And so I think just conveying that in like all your interactions and, and you know, foregrounding that, uh, just getting people to like you and making them like you all the time and then making them do stuff because they like you. That's kind of organizing. It's just getting people to do stuff because <laughs> the, they like you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the uh, carapace uh, way. That's what we call that. Uh, you just get people I, to like you all the time. I, In fact, actually, I think of all the books I've read on organizing, they just have like chapter versions of that sentence. Get people to like you and then they'll yeah. like, they like you. I, I, like, I have a little saying I like to think in my head, at least I don't think I've really said it, but like the revolution will be built on uh, being nice to people and giving a shit and then like that's kind of it like you got to care about people and you got to be nice to them yeah and that's one of the reasons um you know jamie mentioned uh, a few minutes ago about you know doing community work and 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 doing issue work and then turning uh you know trained up people or motivated people then uh onto the elections and i and i do think that that's important but um I wonder who who would want to chime in on this because I, I I went out I had never canvassed before in my life, and I went out the last Saturday before the primary uh, with Kristen Bricker and uh, another guy who had driven up from like Virginia, and we went out and we knocked on doors, and you know I definitely learned a lot I had a great experience, I did talk to some people that talked to me. Um, but I noticed it was that the conversation became difficult because it was transactional, and it I was like selling something or like it wasn't, um, 
It wasn't the first good conversation. If I wanted to talk to that person, that this would be the last thing we talked about first. Do you know what I mean? And so I wonder how you guys balance that about, you know, sort of how much you how much you weigh the electoral process or or sort of elect uh, campaign canvassing versus other sort of community work and and how how, how you see it. I mean, like, the- uh, it, go ahead, Dan. Um, I was just gonna say. I mean, it kind of goes back to that concept of just being like comfortable being uncomfortable because it, it is kind of an uncomfortable thing to feel like that like the, the nature of a lot of this is sort of transactional because you're basically being like hey these are good ideas right like you should vote for us if you like these but at the same time is like you have to be um like listening to the person hearing everything that they say like you're also trying to produce something kind of forward moving and like if you're not directly kind of being like look like this is what you need to do in order to achieve that otherwise you're basically just not ever going to get it then um it gets nowhere like you have to kind of leave the conversation with something something tangible um something tangible something to do um because it's kind of no use to just like have the conversation itself without putting it towards something like that is constantly in motion also i don't think the campaign canvassing needs to be as transactional as you're making out to be you can be pretty funny and engaging while talking about this shit it's not that hard just be a normal person like go to the door (laughs) and then be like hey you know like this person wants to have like a 15 dollars minimum wage what do you think about that and then just kind of go from there it's also a matter of like pivoting a lot Sometimes they're like, well, I don't want a fifteen dollar minimum wage, and I'm like, all right, fuck it, I don't care about that anymore either. What about a green exactly. deal? <laughs> Just keep going. You want your clean drinking water? <laughs> yeah, clean drinking water, right? Mm-hmm. We're not going to pay them a fifteen dollar minimum wage while they work on our clean drinking water infrastructure. That's over. That's that's <laughs> forget that. Forget <laughs> what? Forget that. Yeah. Forget that. Yeah. 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 And eventually, you'll find something that people like, and you can just talk to them yeah. about that. And if nothing else, you can just default to like talking about yourself. Like, I don't think that's a big issue because some, like a lot of times you go to people and like politics isn't necessarily on the forefront of their mind this way. And, you know, to talk about like, hear them out and also talk a little bit about like why you're out there also has the effect of helping them like understand the importance of like what you're, you know, talking about and like the, the you know, whether you're just trying to get a vote um, or, you know, whether you're canvassing on like a, a specific um idea or something like talking about how this affects you how this affects people that you know is a, is a good way of kind of making that connection it's, it's really about like the connection that you can make in, in that short time because we don't really talk about politics and we certainly don't talk about politics very uh candidly or personally very often I've, in this country i find it easier to talk with random voters about like political stuff than like even like my friends here, because like there's not really much to say to like Dan or Will or Ty. Like we all agree, like what the fuck is there to talk about? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't really, I don't really care that much about it. Like, that, it's more and talk that's why, right? Random people. That's why I, I absolutely like despise, like just the, uh, the kind of theory-centered conversations on stuff because it doesn't really like get anywhere, because it's just kind of like an insulated like infighting type situation like the only thing that's ever going to get that mass movement built is by just bringing kind of ordinary people mm-hmm. um who, who don't obsess over this stuff into being yeah. like yeah you know what i mean that, that sounds like the better option for me like what you're presenting sounds like it, it's a better way of life to me 
than uh, this other stuff. You, you kind of got to help them see that. And if you, you, I'm talking too much. I'm talking, <laughs> talking too much. He's a shark. Uh, I was just going to say, that's also why it's important to make it like not a book club. No, I, when you said that, I was so I was so happy that you did say that because again, I I mentioned sort of offhandedly about like theory and getting mad about theory, and I just don't see any. I see no I, no good I, can I, come of it. I think the way. four of us. I think the four of us in particular, you can't find more agreement in the four of us. Like to it, me, I always found yeah. like talk, uh, like even discussing theory to me always seems indulgent like self-indulgement like it's fine to do it if that's what you enjoy but like it doesn't there's no there's no tangibles that come out of it and so it always feels like a self-indulgent thing you do to make yourself feel better which again it's, is fine it's, but as you, don't, you don't think you don't think bolivian miners and peasant farmers are arguing about the bolsheviks and the mensheviks you know <laughs> they might be but like also that's not the part that actually got them the election the part that got the election yeah. is being in the streets like 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 i said it's fine to do it as long as you don't make the mistake which i think is it happens a lot in american leftism of like assuming that doing the theory is going to somehow change any of the vastly massive obstacles that the left faces in this country. If you can't boil down like a fucking policy point into like five words, maybe, then you're a complete idiot. Like it's totally useless. You do not, even a paragraph, it's way too much information for most people. It's like, okay, you want Medicare for all? Healthcare is a human right. Next thing. Like, yeah, actually. Yeah, also the other thing is like most people don't understand that the environment they are in is a buyer is a product of politics. Yeah. Like everything in their environment is a, is a product of politics. People don't understand that. So when you're talking about like the second order, third order, fourth order level thinking of like why it is, they don't even agree with your presupposition of like, you know, the reason why you're in debt because uh, because you went to the doctor is because health insurance companies are like ripping you off. They don't agree with, they don't even, they're not even sure they agree with you there, but you're already talking about like, you know, fourth order level of, of, of theory there. Like there's just, there's gonna be no connection made. Yeah. And that's well, not to say people are dumb. I just. No, I, I completely agree. I, I think it has to do with people that just don't have, I mean, Ty and I were talking about it a few minutes ago. It's about just being like, I, it's just boring. I can't get into it. Like, even if you have political thoughts, like, even if you, like, I, I had, you know, ideas and I voted a particular way and I gave money or whatever and, and talked, whatever. But it, I, I didn't, I, I wanted to be removed from it. Right. Yeah. And so people are like that. And, and a lot of people don't even have time to, to sort of suss it out. And so, yeah, I, I got like, I guess that was the thing I, when I was going door to door. It wasn't even like I was uncomfortable about the transactional nature of it. I was sympathetic to the indifference. I'm like, if, if somebody like I was talking to people, you know, guy, I, he was rolling a joint on his porch and I wanted to smoke this joint with this guy. But I was like, I better not um, no, do it. Do it. <laughs> back around. <laughs> but uh but I remember, but like, I remember, you know, him saying like, man, I'm not going to fucking vote. And I just, and I thought like, and we had talked for a few minutes about different things. And, and I thought to myself, 
and I, I, I get that. I feel that. <laughs> and so it's, you know, I, and, and that's sort of, that's what you kind of, I felt like I had to overcome was almost like, uh, I'm, I'm very, very sympathetic to that, to that indifference. Cause I get it. Like I get where that, what that, what that is. Yeah. I think none of us would disagree with that. Um, like I remember one of the most mind blowing interactions on the door I ever had was watching Jamie door knock. And somebody said like, something along the lines is like, I'm not going to vote for any Democrat. Right. And like, I, you know, you know, I was brand new to all of this and I thought to myself, well, that's that, that door is gone. I'm already walking down the street, ready for the next one. And Jamie's like, yeah, I get that. You know, uh, in fact, uh, that's probably the most logical reaction you can have to politics is nobody gives a shit about you. Nobody cares about like what happens to you once they get elected. And uh, the difference here is Jess doesn't take any corporate PAC money, blah, blah, blah. But then he goes on to say like, if Jess does not fulfill these promises, you know, me and my friend over there, who I was already walking away, we're going to be on your door again. We're going to be knocking on your door and we're going to uh, ask you to vote for somebody else to get her out of office. Exactly. And that person not only completely flipped his like his his reaction to us, but had also signed up to volunteer. Not he he signed up to register as a Democrat and yes. signed up to volunteer on the spot. Uh, and like having that like really real reaction, you can, so I guess what I'm saying is you can both, the nice thing about doing leftist politics is you can both say, yeah, the system's completely fucked. Uh, voting is kind of a joke. All of that is definitely true, but also, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't vote for the person I'm representing. In fact, those two things are completely in line and, 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 and can run parallel to each other. Um, which, yeah. you know, mind blowing to me at the time. Like, I think why Jess and candidates like that lose is, is it's actually a struggle to communicate that to tons and tons of people. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I fully accept that it's just one person. And like, even if she had won, it doesn't really do that much. And then it's hard to be like, but here's a reason why it's so important with people, because why, why should they listen to you when you're in person, you can to vote but like when it's masses and masses of people and even high turnout the vast majority of people don't vote like i don't i don't really know how you you explain to them why it's important and efficiently like you need tons of volunteers or you need like a lot of money or something to uh make it so everybody gets that which is really hard, it's hard. so let's work on that i guess I think that's the important power that we can have. I mean, the people in the GSA call stayed on there for two hours, which is mind blowing for me. Two mm -hmm. hours, two hours mm -hmm. in, a, in a meeting that was less than functional. With okay? us. With, uh, you know what I mean? And I'm just like, why are you guys still here? I couldn't believe it, you know? And I think that, you know, we have to, like to piggyback off with you guys said, when I did the town halls, that was my whole goal. Most of the people there were people who didn't want to vote. And I was giving them a reason, like teaching people, like you have to literally bring people and tell them. You can't just push the button. You have to remember their name, what they said they were going to do. And when they don't, you have to campaign just as hard to get them out of office as you did to get them in. And that's yeah. what we have to, we have to, people have to understand that when we vote you in, we will vote you out. And I said this on the town halls in front of Jess, you know what I mean? 
I got your names. We're right. What do you want her to take to the Senate floor when she goes? And I think that that's what the part we can do in person when we're going door to door. We can make those connections to people, see what's important to you. You know what I mean? When we do issue campaigns, so we know what's important to people and say, hey, if you don't follow through to this stuff, you're going to have a target on your back and we are going to campaign just as hard to make sure you yeah. get out of office. Yeah. And, and like, this is like, I don't know, I just kind of, this is like my whole like, issue with politics in general like i think that's the only way you should ever think about politicians in general it's like either they do the things you want or they don't everything else is completely unnecessary like i i really don't think that i i find like a lot of the adoration certain figures in politics get like completely distasteful and also counterproductive like I feel I feel like you're trying to wind me up. This is a pet peeve of mine from way back. No, only because we're and it's 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 particularly uh, acute in Delaware uh, for for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, but yeah, I mean because they, they uh, you know the politicians are able to show up at your fucking dumb dumb event and pretend that they care. And and if they if they crush your union on Monday, it doesn't really matter because they had a hot dog with you, uh, or whatever, and, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 particularly bad here because of the insular nature of the state, and and because everybody's, you know, sort of <clears throat> friendly. The meat that there's no real, there's no real media scrutiny like there is in other places, um, and so yeah, you get just. You get people who are happy that that somebody's their friend. I'm like, it's not my fucking friend. Like, they're not my. They're not your friend. They're they're you just know? doing a job. That's all they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> Scoons like... is not your friend. <laughs> no, oh my he's god. Like, I'm spilling stuff just because I'm thinking about how fucking Chris about Coons Chris is not your friend. You said Chris Coons and freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I get that a lot here because of where I'm at too. It's just you know they're right. you know. They're they're supposed to you know represent a democratic interest, not like, not be your friend. Right. Can you also imagine wanting to hang out with Chris Coons or Tom Harper or any of these. People? <laughs> absolutely, these are, I mean, these are like absolutely. It's not even just like that. They're lame and they have no personality. Like they're cretins. They're I mean, these these people great. these these people like aren't really even like human in a sense. Like they're they're so disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> they're so they're so like used to this power and like this immense wealth that they have like they don't even know how to interact on like a normal basis like tom carper yelling at his poor intern like fuck 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 like that's just yeah, that weird these people are just fucking yeah. strange i can't imagine ever wanting to be like like buddies with them yet there's like this and i i can't fully blame people because it's kind of what you're like raised to to believe but like you know people approach them with kind of like opening up their question with a thank you and then closing up the question with a thank you and then like senator coons probably didn't even actually address the like the substance of the question that you had for exactly him. and like maybe you you felt like you couldn't even ask him a substantive question because if you ask him a substantive question he innately takes it as a challenge because he, he thinks even just like basic like morality and facts uh is a challenge and like you can't be friends with that but a lot of people are kind of made to think like, oh, he's uh, some kind of authority figure or something. So I got to treat him that way. That was kind of a tangent, but uh, I don't think any of us here are very much friends with Chris Kuntz or uh, think of him very highly. 
No, no, no establishment person is like that. I mean, I, I started out when I, talking about, you know, Bolivia and, and Chris Coons was all all for it. Uh, you know, you see all of these. I mean, think about from from uh, Nancy Pelosi to Justin Trudeau. They all feted the, the guy from uh, Venezuela, Juan Guaido, the fucking geek. He's, he's a loser. He lost. He's a, he's a loser. He's a, he's a loser, folks. He was climbing over the wall. They wouldn't even let him in. He's a loser. Yeah, but, it wasn't but, even a very nice suit. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like nobody, nobody questions that because you know because Joe Biden went went to church you know in the, in the neighborhood last week or something that that they're just recognizing some guy, some corporate fucking stooge. They're recognizing him as the as the unelected president of a country. Like these people are fucking ghouls. Uh, and 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 again, I think it is it is helpful when when you talk to people who don't follow politics and they might have just sort of reactionary tendencies, and they'll say, you know, I I just don't like so and so, and you're like, that's that's a really great coincidence because I don't like that person either. And it sort of is a way to start a conversation when you do have sort of like a uh, you know a conversation like that, um, because there there aren't a lot of um, grassroots sort of movement people in politics, uh, and you know hopefully we uh, we change a lot of that. And the, yeah, I think that it, it kind of circles back to like what we did with the Jess campaign and what we want to do with the DSA is because like that is the nature of the people who like make the decisions of your life is like, they're a hell of a lot richer than you. And they also don't give a fuck about you. And a lot of people though, are just so kind of like intentionally disconnected and isolated from that process that it's also easy for them to make you think that they're your friend and to just kind of make you be like, Oh, you know, these are just the guys that go, this is like their thing. Like they're, they're just politicians. Like that's something for them and not for me. And like, you know, I'm just kind of dealing with the things in my life. I don't really understand, or I don't really, uh, I, I don't think people really tend to make like the direct connection between like the conditions of their life and like the fact that Chris Coons is causing something like that. Like, I, I think people innately understand sort of the political nature of some of, of a lot of things. It's just, it's kind of making those connections to like the actual people who are doing it is the hard part because they've intentionally fucking obscured it. Um, and and they they you know they seem like your friend i mean you know to go off again on on scumbag chris like his whole entire website after uh and his twitter feed after like our challenge really got off the ground was like i think access access to affordable health care is a human right kind of borrowing from our language like Like, literally he he went in front of a bunch of union guys and was like oh union strong union solidarity and meanwhile the same fucking conversation He's saying like Chris, uh, Mitch McConnell, and I don't use air quotes around that, my friend. Like, come on, come on, Mac. Like, come on, these Jack. people, these people aren't your friend. But like, if you don't have anybody that is constantly um, like knocking at your door, or calling on your phone, and just trying to reach out to you and be like, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. Like, you could have something better. Then like, what else are you gonna do? You're just gonna do your, you know, your kind of mediocre day job, or you're just gonna play video games or something. Like, the fuck else is gonna happen? Or be on social media, making passing along memes. It make absolutely no sense. Yeah. Sharing memes. sharing infographics. Uh, I could go off on the infographics, but that might be another uh, rant. Another. That's that's my part time job. I. You do infographics. You're a meet. You make memes. No, I go and I harass people under their their memes. 
that, that is praxis. That's praxis. That's, that's a way uh, better part-time job than. Well, this is this is uh, we are our, 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 we do have a a general theme of trying to get offline and log off here. It's 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 pretty difficult, I have to say. Um, the best Carl actually has been the best at it, I think. When he's off, he's always just he's like, I don't, I'm not interested. He 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 could switch it right off. I think I might qualify for the greatest. I I deleted uh, Facebook, I deleted Twitter, I deleted Reddit, I deleted Snapchat. Really, the only thing I'm on is um, Instagram. I guess I'm on TikTok now too. I kind of got a little addicted to that. But yeah, see, I'm I'm lucky. I'm I never. For you, Carl. I, I'm I'm old, like because I'm a geezer. Like I never I was never on Facebook. I was never on anything. I, ha- I never had anything. And then uh, around the time, you know, I had a I had a shit posting like alt account on Twitter that I just sort of merged into the podcast account. But that's like all I all I have. And just having that seems like it's like an albatross around my neck. Uh, you know, you you want to look at it. You gotta look at people who are like talk, communicating with you through it, but you just want to put it away. You're looking at fucking Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, fucking jerking off. Did you guys see that this, today? Yes. Uh, Ty, I'm so, I'm, oh, wow. so, I'm sorry to use this kind of language, it. but but oh, uh, I'm army. Uh Jesus Christ. <laughs> so I guess I guess you guys who are who are very online know this because now we're, we're getting over an hour. So let's talk about something fun before we fucking sign off. So, so did you got, so I, Ty, are you the only person that doesn't, didn't hear the Rudy Giuliani story today? Yes, so. Oh no. I, I, I didn't hear it. This. Oh, okay. So, so whoever has heard it, correct me. I only know like a high level. I, so, I only know a little bit about it, but so okay. Sasha Baron Cohen, basically from what I gathered, he, uh, well, there's a, there's a new, there, so there's a new Borat coming out that's already been shot. And it's coming out this weekend. And so to, they, they sent out one of the you know little clips to like, you know, prep it. It's going to be start streaming on Friday, I think. And one of his marks is Rudy Giuliani. So at some point in the gag, he's supposed to be with this with this woman who's like 16 or 17. They don't say like what her age is, but she's supposed to be some sort of journalist from from Kazakhstan, I guess. Um, and after the interaction, they go into a hotel room, they take off their microphones and he puts his hand down his pants and starts, you know, like manipulating himself. Like he's gonna, like, he's gonna like, like have sex with this woman and they have it all on camera. And then of course, Sasha Baron Cohen runs in and says, uh, Rudy, Rudy, what are you doing? She's 15. She's too old for you. And then. And so that's the, and then he's like, take me, you know, I've been in prison. I, I, I have many, uh, you know, skills with my anus or something like something, you know, the shit, they, like the shit he does. But yeah, they, they have him on video in a hotel room, like getting himself all worked up to, I guess, be with this. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know a lot about like what the pretense is to get him into that situation, which is like the, 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 the art of it, like the thing that he does. But yeah, it's uh, you know, it's you, you can't feel bad about the guy. No, no. no. What I've heard is yeah. that it's like and I haven't actually watched it at all. But like from what I've heard, like the interviewer hints that she's like fifteen multiple times uh, during the uh, during the interview. So oh, like, yeah, like this is like probably Giuliani good. is like a like 
folks, I never met him. I I met him. I talked to him two times, <laughs> maybe three times. <laughs> never met the guy. Never, never met him. Uh, Turns out he's a little bit more on the Epstein side of things, but that's <laughs> that's okay. I think. Okay, look, nobody's perfect. I mean, of course, the most interesting thing is like, like every time something like this happens with like like a weirdo conservative being like a pedophile, it's like, what's Q's take on all this? I mean, uh, <laughs> that's 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 what I'm always interested to figure out is like, you know, what is the QAnon people going to make out of all this? I think they just look to to Trump to just be like, yeah, that guy's. No, I didn't know him. I I would have stopped him if I did, though. Yeah, it's, it's like horrible. once again horrible. Yeah, the secret secret agent Trump, who's actually Q, has once again outed yet another profile in some weirdo elaborate scheme. Yeah, I I I uh I mean I don't know if I recommend it, but I do. You should probably scroll the internet, and there is a there's a still shot of like the back of the woman, uh, and like. Uh, towards the bed and Rudy's all the way laid back hand all the way down his pants there's there's a stir I mean I, the, the the scene in the film is pro people are gonna lose their shit yeah holy shit it's also like how is it conservatives are still following for the same bit that's he's awesome. yes oh my god he's, he's been it's doing this so for dumb. how long now I mean the first one came out he's been doing it the Ali G show came out Probably tw- twenty years ago, yeah, I was gonna say uh, a while ago. Me, Julie from Me, Julie from Stains. Yeah, he's been doing the same bit for so long, and and conservatives are still getting like, I I don't I that's the the other like part of this that like is confusing to me is like, how do they keep on walking into the situation? Yeah, apparently, like, I don't know if. If he saw the the Borat character ahead of time, like that's not clear. He he definitely saw him after, and apparently he was confused. And then as he was leaving, like there's some video of him leaving the hotel, and he was like, "Is that Sasha Baron Cohen?" Like I, I think he he got it. Like it he, it clicked it clicked with him at the like at the end. But again, uh, yeah, I, who knows what the fuck? It, it's just when bad things happen to bad people, it's just so funny to me. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Again, yeah. Sorry, I, I thought it was really great when like the entire uh, administration got COVID. Yeah, I mean, I, somebody's got to Herman Cain it though. I mean, that's that's going to be somebody's got to go. And I don't say that because I I wish somebody. I just it would be the funniest circumstance. Well, I think it goes. does say something that the you know they let Herman Cain die and nobody else. Nobody else, or everybody else, got the like life saving drug in her. Yeah, they, got, they got the Regeneron. It's so great. Eli Lilly, folks. Eli Lilly. Yeah, how does fucking how does how does Chris Christie fucking survive? The guy, the guy's the size of a goddamn of of Nancy Pelosi's side by side sub zero. And how's he? He's in ICU for seven days, but he gets like he gets the experimental thing that nobody else can get. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, it is actually insane. Like, like the conservative movement is just filled with like some of the most unhealthy people you'll ever find, and they're all like living through this. Uh, Lizard people. Yeah, it has to be. It's cute, folks. I I got the documents here. Uh, this is an exclusive. <laughs> all these reactionaries are lizard people. They're gonna live to 250 years old. I have all the documents here from the CIA. It's just it's hot off the presses. Right. Right. Yeah. 
Well, uh, thanks everybody for uh, for joining. Uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, I I didn't I didn't know what to make of it at first because you know I knew a few people that were trying to stand it up and you know I sort of know you know the trials and tribulations of some DSA chapters. You know it it, it varies, but in speaking to you guys, uh, I'm pumped. I'm I'm really pumped uh, because I think that the only way you're able to have the conversations, as Ty was saying and Jamie was saying. Uh, to really be able to talk to people is by being out there and doing stuff. Um, you know, I was talking to Jess, I was talking to Carrie actually last week or two weeks ago about just, you know, just do a picnic in Georgetown and invite people. And you're like, hey, this is a thing we can do. And when you meet people at that level, that's how it starts. And it's already started. Uh, you guys are, you guys are committed to doing it. And it gives me, uh, dare I say, possibly a glimmer of hope. <laughs> Sorry, I'm glad you're happy about that. Yeah. Now, now I don't know how long this is gonna last. I just want to point okay. that out. I'll come back with some more hope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you. So uh I want to thank uh Dan, Ty, Jamie, Will. Thank you all. Thank you all. Um pretty soon there's gonna be a DSA chapter stood up. Um so if you're into uh, doing like canvassing and doing issue campaigns and just working in the community, uh, maybe learning how to do grassroots um, political campaigning. You're going to want to speak to uh, some of these good folks um, and we'll have uh, information to you through our normal channels. Uh, before I go, I want to thank uh, once again Rich at Squeezebox Records for lending me uh, those uh, stage mics to do the outside shows we've been doing. Much appreciated. Uh, go to Squeezebox Records, please. Independent Records here in Wilmington. And uh, Greg, thank you very much for the uh, Pilsner from Two Stones. Whatever they don't drink, they can. So thank you, Greg. Thank you, Two Stones. Uh, once again, everybody, thanks a lot. Thanks for having us on. Uh, Viva, Viva Mas. Left <laughs>